Which Leonard Cohen song is that, Alfredo? What What was it? What are you talking Wasn't about? Wasn't that a Leonard Cohen song? No, that was Circle Jerk. Circle Jerk. I was close. I was close. Yeah, you want to do the intro? That sounds wonderful. Good evening, comrades. This is Vandal Drummond, along with Alfredo Esparza, for the first edition of Stam- Slam and Stam. Look at it. I can't even get our name right. I know. Seriously. I, I, kept, I noticed we kept mispronouncing the whole, misspelling the whole um, name through the whole um, what we were writing down. And it's so simple, and even I can make it into a tongue twister. Isn't that go. sad? Yeah. Well, to those of you who are listening, if anybody is listening, this is our debut show. We're covering mostly pro wrestling, all things pro wrestling, and actually anything pop culture that you would like us to discuss, provided we want to discuss it. And uh, we're free-falling into this show. We're experimenting to see how this format works, uh, if you could even call it a format. And we invite you to dive into our wondrous, disastrous embrace. Might be a total disaster, might be something you enjoy, but we hope you'll give us a, give us a spin. And... Uh, if you like or dislike what you hear, you can email me at liger at aol.com. That's L-Y-G-E-R at aol.com. Alfredo? Kurt, you're a pro at this. Oh, man. Well, I have my cup of tea here, so I'm just, you know, getting started. You're a pro at this. Oh, you know what I was trying to do earlier today? What's that? I tried watching TNA to prepare for the show. Oh, my Lord. Well, you're brave. What yeah, did you think? Lasted, what were your impressions? Lasted, I only lasted 30 minutes into the show and gave up. Well, then I'm proud of you. I actually enjoy getting my TNA news from Brian Alvarez and his friend Vinny. It's actually, I believe, much more entertaining than actually watching the show itself because I love hearing Brian go on his Type A rants. It's a wondrous thing. Well, you know the thing? I, I, I didn't see any wrestling on it, though. <laughs> We're just talking through the whole thing. It, was like, it, it felt like an infomercial. Well, I heard that's yeah. typical on a TNA show. And actually, another thing I guess I should I bring up... Like three, I thought they did like three minutes of wrestling at least. You know, <laughs> Surprise. Like, you know, yeah, you know, like know. wrestling and then a run-in. Why did they even put up a ring, I wonder? Well, they started with um, like this introduction to Jeff Jarrett or something. Yeah. Like, Samoa Joe comes in. Have you seen Samoa Joe lately? No, and actually, this is where I want to cut in really briefly. This being our de- debut show, I guess I should give you a little background on both Alfredo and myself. No, don't give any background. Just on okay, you. no background, but I do need to point out this little uh, trivial fact. Uh-huh. Alfredo is well-versed in everything pro wrestling past and present. I shouldn't say everything, but he's pretty down on the scene. I keep up listening to the Figure Four podcasts and reading the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, but I have strayed. I have watched very little wrestling in the last four or five years. So this is kind of like a reawakening. And Alfredo is one one of the people who points me to the things good and bad in pro wrestling that I should look for, what I should avoid. And Alfredo, the first thing I want to thank you for is pointing me out to the phenomenon of Negro Costas, Felino, and Mr. Niebla. Oh, my God. I saw that ring entrance. There you go. That is one of the five greatest ring entrances I have ever seen. I told you. I swear to you. It is like the spirit of Martin Caradagian of Titanes and El Ring flew into the vaults of something weird video and sprinkled it with a touch of Johnny Legend. This is one of the most profound ring entrances you will ever see. I think I feel the way Dr. Jerry Graham did the night he discovered the existence of Gumby and Pokey in 1982. This is astounding. 
And for those of you who have not, who have not seen this ring entrance, go to my webpage at www.stantheembryo.com because I have posted one of the most re- their most recent entrances. You just have to see it. I, how do they know this stuff? How, how these guys know the fucking truth? That's all I got to say. It's, it's, they're, they're really over on the Tuesday show, so you could expect them to be. Yes. Plus, they got and, their buses in it, so they're always going to be at the top of the card. So. And it's funny, I, you know, getting reacquainted with Lucha Libre, I watched two of the recent Negro Casas versus Mystico matches. Oh, you finally saw the second one? Yes, I did. Yeah, there you go. And I've got to say, I know, at least from what I hear, Casas has a lot of power in the booking office. But I must say, he deserves it. Negro Casas, I believe, is every bit as good as when I first saw him in 1985. And... I know he might be pushing himself to the top, but he deserves it. You missed the previous years, that's why. <laughs> you're, only, you're only catching him as a heel, and, and, and that, he kind of works better that, as a heel. What are your as impressions a, of him as a babyface? As a babyface, I think he was getting kind of, um, just kind of wearing out his welcome towards the end. So it was time uh, for a Rudo turn. Yeah, it was, it was about time for him to switch over. It is interesting. I mean, it's fascinating to see just how over they are with the CML audience. Yeah. Well, you know, the good news is now is that Dos Caras Jr. is leaving. I don't know that blew my mind. I, I just thought that was well, another one of those stories, or, or the Dos Caras story for the umpteenth time. Well, that's still, the, that's still a rumor, though, because it's only been reported by Super Luchas, and everybody's carrying it like it's the main, like it's the gospel. If it's Dos Caras... Junior goes to WWE. I hope he makes six figures. I hope he makes a good salary because he deserves everything wonderful after getting kicked by Mirko Krokop. Have you seen him wrestle lately, though? No, I haven't. But after getting kicked by Mirko Krokop, Mirko Krokop kicked off one of Dos Caras' two faces. And I don't know where that second face has soared to, but it's probably still flying across some astral plane, trying to find another soul to inhabit, unless it could find Dos Caras. So he is like Un Caras. I'm, get, I'm guessing Krokop must have kicked um, a little bit more out of Dos Caras Jr. Because I mean, in CML, it was sick. In CMLL, he was awful. He's been. He's been I think that's what happened. Yeah, I think I think it took his spirit or something. Because I remember, I remember what, when was it when I spoke to Mike Tenay? Like was. 2001, I think. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think it was a little more recently than that, but. No, but when I when I spoke to my kid, I was really high on those cars, and like towards the end, it was like I was, <laughs> I was ashamed I even brought him up when I was talking. <laughs> if I could go back in time, I would actually tell my kid, I'm sorry for. I would actually apologize for mentioning those cars, Junior. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think from the CMLL Japan stuff, he was really good. Mm-hmm. Triple A, he looked pretty good also, but then like. The, in CMLL, he just never he just never caught on. I mean, I don't know. Like, have you, he turned? They turned him Rudo. They turned him babyface. I mean, they turned him heel. And I did not see that. When they turned him heel, I mean, he was playing chicken shit the whole time. Mm. I mean, a, how tall is he? Like six five, I think, or something like that. Six three, six five. He's a pretty big dude. Which I mean, that might increase his chances for getting a push in WWE if this. Uh, turns out to actually happen, but I wouldn't get my hopes up on it. But he does have the size to get over there. But, I mean, in CMLL, he didn't work. I mean, that as a heel, he just it wasn't going to work for him. So I think if he could, if he could get anything out of WWE, it's a, good, it's a good move. It's a great move for, for both sides. Yeah, I agree. Except for maybe WWE, though, because I, I don't think they'll be too pleased with him. And in relation to Negro Casas, one of the reasons I point out why... I feel he is just as good as he was 20 years ago, is it seems like the trend is to, uh, these days is to wrestle just a stronger, harder style, no matter the cost to your body. Negro Costas is one of those guys who proves that you could have a 40-minute match, a one-hour match, a quality match without destroying your body. I don't know if you heard Ed Moretti when he was... Uh, 
on uh, Brian Alvarez's show recently, um, looking back on the career of Playboy Buddy Rose, but one of the things Moretti said is he could get back in the ring today and take all the bumps he used to take and not get hurt. And it seems I know that I know you know that was yesterday. Today is today. But when I was trained, they trained you to make it look as believable as possible, you know, with getting hurt the least. And now it almost seems like people think, well, you're a total pussy if you don't get hurt. And Negro Casas is one of those guys who, in my opinion, shows that you can be a great wrestler and, you know, not do every tope in the book and not, you know, do every risky move. You don't have to take out your body just to have a good match. You know what I was going to ask you? you know, yes. With the passing of um, Misawa? Misawa, yes. Did you read up on that? On what I have about? not read either Brian Alvarez's or Dave Meltzer's look back on Misawa, but no, earlier no. today I watched the match between him and Jumbo Saruta from 1990 where uh, Saruta put him over and passed the torch to him. And I was actually at that match live. Yeah, I, I, I was going to bring that up, too. Uh, I uh, I actually went with Dave Meltzer to Japan. And I was going to ask you, because Meltzer was talking <laughs> about it, and I thought, how come he hasn't mentioned if you went to that? Because I know you traveled with him a lot. Not that I'm name-dropping or anything, but... <laughs> I was going to ask you, did he take the, uh, a pen and paper, you know, like, did, does he take notes during a match? Yes, everywhere he went. He does take notes? Yeah. Does the he, funniest... Like, does he in fact, one things? of the funniest experiences is he was interviewing Medusa Michelli. Uh-huh. because she was with the All Japan Women at the time. And as he's interviewing her, I thought he'd bring along a tape recorder, something like that. But no, he's got his notepad out, and he's scribbling this chicken scratch that looked more like hieroglyphics or Sanskrit. And halfway through the interview, Medusa asks him, can you read your own writing? And he just chuckled and said, if I read it within the next 90 minutes, I can recognize what it was I was saying. But if I look at it tomorrow, I'll have no idea what I was okay. writing. <laughs> you know, what I was going to ask you, does he, like, mumble about, like, the star ratings during a match? or Never. He just, he just does it at, towards the end, like, when he gets home or whatever? Yeah. That out. He, in fact, I never heard him okay. mention, oh, that match we just saw was three stars, five stars. He actually takes the time to enjoy the match during the... Oh, yes, he does. Oh, he's writing about it, and you could tell he's enjoying it at the same time. In fact, that's one of the things that I remember about the match between Masawa and Saruta is, uh, for those of you who are not in, you know, who don't know the history behind behind uh, Saruta and Masawa, is uh, Masawa came close to beating Saruta time after time, and tonight was the night that it was rumored that uh, Saruta was finally going to put Masawa over. And the buzz in the arena was insane. I mean, uh, <laughs> I wish I could put it into words. When the match started, you could just feel the arena was alive. I mean, everybody knew what that meant, match meant. They had a feeling that this might be the night that uh, Misawa goes over. And every near fall, <laughs> every near fall that happened, every lariat that Saruta laid into Misawa, every pin attempt, people popped like crazy for. And it's funny, until watching the match earlier today, again on YouTube, it's actually the first time I've watched it in probably 15 years, and the only thing I remembered about the match before rewatching it was the finish, where Saruta goes for the body press and um, Masawa reverses it. The only thing I really uh, remembered about that night was just how insane the audience was. I honestly have never been in um, a wrestling arena where the people were that electric, were that alive. So was that the best match you saw live? Much. I would say 
or, or was that? I, yeah, I would say it's easily one of the three best matches I saw live, and it is without a doubt the most historically significant match I ever saw live. Was that was that better than that one match at Arena Paraguayo? <laughs> oh, that, Alfredo! That every match is better than a match at Arena Paraguayo. There you go. Especially Vandal Drummond's matches. Well, you know the, the funniest thing was all, them always mispronouncing your name and misspelling it on the band on the flyers. <laughs> Vandal Drummond. I think I saw like three different misspellings for your for your name. Vandal Drummond. Vandal Drummond. Drummick. Yes, I have had my name misspelled more times than I think anybody in the industry. I've accomplished less than most people in the industry, but my name has been misspelled more than I think anybody else. Even a name like Mirko Krokop or Popey Tekis, I bet you their names people get right with more frequency than my name. You know, getting back to the, the Mikala, um, the, the, the night he passed away, I was going to ask you, um, the, what was the movie that, that, in, that, that they did? They, was it the backdrop suplex or something that injured him? Was that, the, that was my impression. Um, so how dangerous is that move? That's the weird... This is like a basic that's move. That's the strange... Like thi- I'm sorry? Isn't that like a basic move or something? It is. I have the impression that you could probably find the match somewhere. If not on YouTube, you could find it somewhere on the web. And I usually don't like watching anything like that, but... They actually record a film that thing? I wouldn't have... I don't think I would film Well, what I do know is that on the web, you can at least find his entrance to that match. Yeah. I did watch that. Shortly... You did a search? I thought you weren't going to be prepared for this. What's that? I thought you weren't going to prepare for this. You were going to wing it. <laughs> well, I guess I panicked a little bit. <laughs> um, actually, what... Shortly after uh, Masawa died, uh-huh. somebody mentioned you can see his final ring entrance on YouTube, the, Jap- you know, the Japan wing of it. So I watched it, and it was just uh, the entrance. But somewhere on uh, the Figure Four website, they mentioned that there's video footage of them trying to revive Masawa, and he cautioned people that it was graphic. Yeah. And I guess they played that on the news. And my, I don't know, my assumption is that they probably, you probably could find the video footage, and I really don't like watching that kind of stuff. I've never watched the Owen Hart footage that I've heard so much about. They actually have, that's also available? I've been told that, yeah, that somebody had a camera in the arena that night. That's something I do not care to watch, um, assuming it exists. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I can't see so I can't stand seeing some of those injuries, you know, like the Sid Vicious one and Charlie Manson and all that stuff. That stuff's just too great. Yeah, I really don't enjoy watching those, but yeah. I am a little curious to see the Masawa backdrop only because I'm wondering was it just was it a really bad suplex? I couldn't picture them botching a suplex. I mean, those guys were just fluent, you know, just fluent pro wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, it just seems, it just sounds, unless they, like, drop them on his head or something, that just seems like so, such an extreme. Yeah. It could also just be this really freak thing, like what happened with, uh, with Oro in 1993, or I think in 1991 at Gran Apache School, there was a, a, a student, a young woman who, uh, died from a very basic move that just, you know, yeah. she was dropped wrong. And, uh, I know, like I said, part of me doesn't want to watch the footage and part of me is curious. Uh, another thing I'm wondering if it's something similar to Plum Mariko's death where, you know, the body had taken those bumps so many times and it was the accumulation of a lot of wear and tear and injuries and if... I think it was that. Yeah, I'm wondering... Because Dave Meltzer kind of mentioned that it was it was he had already suffered a lot of um was it a a lot of injuries to his back and to his spine. And I believe yeah. that I. Because yeah, they do. A I lot mean, I have not followed Japan for almost ten years now. In fact, it it didn't dawn on me how little I followed Japan until uh, so right saw, after um, Masawa's picture, didn't wasn't it that? 
Yeah, when I saw Masawa's picture, a recent picture of old. him, yeah, my jaw dropped. And I said, oh, my God, I, I've never seen him. He looks so much older and heavier. Um, <laughs> it was a little... I'm sorry? He probably smoked a lot, too. Possibly did. <laughs> Asians smoke a lot, so most of them. I know, but I uh, remember Ultimo Dragon smokes a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's At least he did the times I met him, but... All my friends used to smoke in college, so... <laughs> I do not get the appeal of it. I don't want to sound like I'm being racist or anything. <laughs> but then again, I'm then a pretty again, boy who know, likes I'm, to drink tea. Yeah, I am a little bit, so. <laughs> pretty boy, pretty boys and proud. You know, the, the weird thing we were talking about, what was it? On Monday, we were talking about Masala passing away, and then the next day, um, or like that very day or something, we, we end up hearing about the referee dying, too. Yeah, but just a year younger than Masala. Yeah. And during a match like Masala... I know, there's something very eerie about that. Did you ever meet him? Because he, he worked a lot of the shows you probably went The referee, to. what's funny is, I remember Dave Meltzer talking about meeting him in 1990, and that was the year uh, I went on the trip to Japan with Dave. Yeah. And so I'm thinking I must have met him, but uh, I'm embarrassed to say I don't, I don't remember if I met him or not. Yeah, the people I remember meeting... Uh, in Japan, or well, Wally Yamaguchi, who was a hell of a host, and uh, a comedian who worked with Michinoku Pro named Han Bei, who was one of the funniest and nicest guys I've ever met. Wow. Don't, know ever ha- don't know whatever happened to him, but I ran into him once at the uh, Anoki Peace Festival back in 96. I think that's like the last time you spoke to most of those guys. <laughs> that's the last time I actually saw Steve Sims face to face. That's why I keep bringing that. I should, I'm gonna start bringing that up, man. You guys gotta bring it up. Uh, who else? Oh, uh, together and meet or something. That's the last time I saw Greg Regalado, who I used to wrestle on a regular basis. Yeah. Hmm. Should have a peace festival reunion of some kind. So have you seen any of the Triple Mania stuff on on YouTube? Uh, none of it. End of it. It it started popping up. I think it started like I think two days ago. The Doctor Wagner and Messias Messias match showed up, and now everything's up. Everything. So now you can watch it on YouTube. And as you hear the tea boiling, maybe that's uh, you know the, the maybe thing. that's the that's the bell that tells us Alfredo. If I had only say twenty five minutes to go surfing for uh, highlights of Triple Mania, what 25 minutes would you have me search for? Just look for the Messiah's Dr. Wagner match. That's pretty much it. Okay. I tried watching, I tried watching, um, the guy who put up the Messiah's Dr. Wagner Jr. match, um, he put up the, the cage match also, but he clipped it. He clipped it down to like 10 minutes. Oh. And, I mean... You can't even sit through the 10 minutes. I don't know. I didn't like oh, That bad? Well, I mean, because he, he did the introductions, which pretty much took up about um, four or five minutes of the, of the beginning of it. And it's just basically showing guys jumping out of the ring or out of the cage. Which is why, when I do watch AAA, I usually DVR it. Because yeah. if you watch it in real time, you have to wait through all those introductions. And those introductions lead to commercials, and you know before you know it, it feels like half the show has passed before a match even starts. Yeah, I mean, and that's the bad thing with um, Galavision. It's it's always like that. They they'll do the they'll do the intro, then they'll do a commercial. And if it's a three hour, if they if if you see that they're listing a three hour block, you know that there's going to be at least a five minute commercial in between. <laughs> so, so you do you get the intro, then you get you start they start the match. The first thing you do is that they start wanting to get, you know, they'll do the fuera, fuera, you know, like the, for the heels. Yes. Kick them out. Then all of a sudden you get all these crowd shots. And then you get, like, they, them zoom into, like, some weird finish or something. It's like, dude. <laughs> yes. And as you know, that's my biggest gripe with AAA of yeah, it's, everything. It's, 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 it's not, like, edited. And this is the same problem with CMLL, too. But CMLL, they do the same thing, too. But, uh, under <laughs> they do that, but they don't do it quite no, as... They don't do it as often. Like they want, yeah. to, they want to do a commercial break in between, like the introductions. But they'll do it after every fall. But they'll like they'll they'll start with the start with showing the the girls walking into the you know the the ring girls. 
walking up the ramp. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they'll get, they'll go right to the um, like a, a certain point in the match. Then like you pretty much miss the <coughs> points in the match because they're showing you the fans. Yeah. Seriously, what what are we watching the fans or? I have no idea what they're trying to accomplish. I can understand an occasional fan shot just to look at the jubilance in the arena. But like you said, you know, you're in the middle of a high spot or, you know, you're at a turning point in the match. And, you know, next thing you see a fan shoving nachos up their nose. And, you know, or I don't get it. Or my favorite side is the, the little kid asleep. <laughs> like that's, that's a way to put over your promotion. Yeah, I know, and they do that. They all do it. That's I. I don't see WWE ever doing that. You know, I never see. WWE no, they're very polished. As bad as WWE, their shows can be at times. And as I mean, I don't know how how anybody's going to sit through that two-hour commercial-free show that they're going to do. I mean, but but still, you'll never like have all these like commer- uh, these crowd shots all of a sudden in between matches. You know? Yeah, it feels like they're almost not smartening up the cameramen or something. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get that. It's one of those weird things. So getting back to Triple Mania, um, did you did you hear about the attendance figure? I heard no, actually, I heard nothing about it. It was like eighty five percent. Really? Yeah, it was in, it was in a sold out show. Do you know uh, any other details about re- recent AAA attendance? Because it seemed like the, for the last few years they've been absolutely on yeah, fire been, whether the wrestling has excelled or sucked. Yeah, they've, they've been pretty good most of the time, but what, what's, what's surprising is it, I, don't, I don't think it's so much AAA, but I'm surprised Hijo de Santo didn't, like, it didn't sell out just to see him in AAA again. I think that tells you how bad Hijo de Santo has. Wow. His drawing ability has kind of... How the mighty fall. Yeah. But that's happening to everybody that's gone independent. Yeah, independents don't seem what they used to be. Then again, I don't know if the past independent uh, reputation was myth or... No, you could tell. Like, if you watch an independent from from right now compared to, like, 10 years ago... Yeah? You could tell the difference from their shows. Like, if you watch Arena Coliseo from Monterey... Yes, like if you would have watched it like ten, like eight years ago, it would have been a little bit more packed. It would have been packed practically. It would have been sold out. But now you have like thirty five people just you know roaming the the, the around the <laughs> ring. But it's it's funny. We were watching um, during the Triple Mania. They were, um, Cubs fan was doing a chat, and basically your options were staying. Was you had basically two options: listening to the the Triple A music for about five hours, or watching Arena Coliseo and Monterey's TV show for two hours. <laughs> or, I, I think it was an hour, 90 minutes, uh, like an hour or so, something like that. And their show is like, it's depressing just to watch how there's no people at, the, at, these, at their shows. Wow. There's really nobody there. It's, it's amazing. Ah, worlds, they rise and fall. Which brings me to another interesting aspect of the Negro Casas versus Mystico Food. It struck me how much they remind me of the old Negro Casas versus Hijo de Santo matches. Yeah. And uh, in my opinion, I suspected at the time, but in my opinion, I just thought Negro Casas carried that feud. With Hijo de Santo? Or me? Yes. Well, I mean, it was in Arena, Mexico, so. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know people, I know the Hijo de Santo name meant a lot, and... Negro Casas probably wouldn't have drawn as well, you know, with just anybody else. But uh, I, I really think he made that feud something special. No matter how many times they revived it, and no matter how many times you knew that Casas would eventually lose his hair to Santo, that that feud was fresh. Yeah. So, what about the the legal problems in AAA lately? Oh, fill people in, Fredo. The, the cocaine cowboys. Did you hear about the cocaine cowboys? Yes, I did. Oh my God, I'm I'm almost scared they're going to uh, use that as a gimmick now. I know that's what I, I I was watching. Have you seen the documentary called Cocaine Cowboys? Yes, I have. As a matter of fact, on that's, Showtime. That's, yeah, I, I was. That's that, as soon as I read that story, I'm like, cocaine cowboys right there. That that should be their new name. Their, <laughs> their the new faction, and they could they could actually make a faction based off of that cocaine cowboys. It wouldn't be that outlandish be in shocked. this day and age. I wouldn't be shocked if if if, um, if Conan actually decided to do that or something. 
or Triple H. It wouldn't shock me either. I mean, they did the angle with Antonio Pena's ashes. I know. But, I mean, Antonio Pena's ashes were pretty popular, though. Easily the most over babyface in 2008. Man, if that gets over, I mean... <laughs> if, that, if, if, if using somebody's ashes as a stipulation match, why not go with Cocaine Cowboys? There you go. I mean, am I right or am I wrong? Don't, aren't there all sorts of songs written about the various uh, narco-traffickers and that sort of thing? Yeah, and that could have been a lot. I mean, I, I I'm kind of kind of wondering what's going to happen to these guys down the road. I mean, if that ever happens again. Good question. You don't, you don't just beat up somebody who got you coke and whatever you know alcohol and get away <laughs> with it. You know, but you know the funny thing I was thinking about was, um, you know how, I mean, you rode around with um, Dr. Jerry Graham. I certainly did. If so, if a wrestler would have brought up brought out coke and a lot of alcohol, would you have reacted like, would you have gotten upset at him or what would you have done? Okay. If perchance people who are listening haven't heard the story, uh, a fan, I think he's around 30 years old, who was a big fan, was he a fan of Macias? Well, I mean, he, they said he was, he, he was gang, he was gang, he was, uh, he was in a gang though. Oh, okay. But he was a fan. He was a fan. He was a fan and he took Macias, uh, El Hijo de Tarantes and... Billy Boy, and he took them to go score some cocaine. Well, I think and he brought it. I think he what's that? It. He brought it with him. Oh, he brought it with him. Okay, so he, he scored did. cocaine for them. Yeah. Well, I guess they decided to whip the cocaine out and start partying in his car, and he objected, and uh, they responded to his objections by beating the living shit out of him. And that led to their arrest, if I remember right. Yeah, didn't. but um, apparently a messiah... I guess on Tuesday, he, yes. he released a video, somebody released a video saying that he had nothing to do with it, that he wasn't involved, he basically was out there trying to split everything, you know, calm the situation down. He Interesting. Had no, he, had, he said he's never done drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but you, but you know what that means, right? That's I mean, like Dr. Jerry Graham when he was in court once uh, for drunk and disorderly, and he informed... Uh, the judge that I am an athlete, and athletes do not drink. <laughs> but remember, I mean, most wrestlers don't think steroids are drugs. Remember that? That's like one of the... This is true. That they don't <laughs> consider that uh, illegal drug. Never. So, <laughs> so he claimed he wasn't involved. That Billy Boy... But he did say Billy Boy and Hijo Tarantes were beating the guy, were beating the guy up. So, mm, so he he's going to be popular with uh, Tarantes and Billy Boy then. Well, they already got... I think they got suspended. Or they, they didn't show up for the, for the follow-up show. They weren't there. But Macias was so, like uh, not the not the next show, but the show after. It'll be really interesting night. to see how this plays out. Yeah, well, you figure Billy Boy's the most screwed out of them. Easily, well, I mean, Macias is the biggest draw of the three. Yeah, Torontes is probably somewhere in between. But then Billy probably Boy probably expendable. But Billy Boy has family there. Family there. So. <clears throat> Pardon me. What about what about his kid though? What about Marvin? <laughs> what, is, what is Marvin going to think of this? Does he pay for his father's sins? Yeah, there you go. Fabio Apache divorce. <laughs> <laughs> the, next, the next part of the angle. There you see. They're just going to use it as part of the angle, you know? Because I mean, Billy Boy really does look kind of trash. Though, the last couple, of, the last couple of months, he looked pretty bad. Well, it sounds like it's pretty public. So whatever they decide to do with it, I, you know, they could they could probably flow with it. Well, they made a big deal about the Hoobintooth thing, so I mean... Uh, yeah, this is true. This is very true. Why not? They'll probably just bring this up, too. Now, being that we're based in Southern California, uh, anybody uh, who is a hardcore wrestling fan is probably aware of the passing of the Golden Greek John Tolis, who was one of Los Angeles' biggest stars in the 1970s. And I want to briefly stay, stray from wrestling... Uh, to talk another uh, bit of Southern California pop culture that uh, passed away recently. In 1995, Dan Farron introduced me to the coolest store in Hollywood. Now, for those of you who shop around the Hollywood area, you know there, there are tons of stores that go out of their way to drive home the point that they are 
way out there. They were extreme. They're unorthodox. You know, the, the behind the counter you see somebody with multiple piercings and multiple tattoos who are trying to show you that they were on the fringe culture. But there was a certain store on Vermont Avenue called Mondo Video Agogo. And the first thing that would strike you about this store is that as you were about to go inside, there was a sign saying, if you are easily offended, please stay out of our store. <laughs> um, and the reason we went into the store for the first time is we promoted a wrestling show, uh, Dan Farron, the late Larry Doyle, and myself. The three of us promoted a wrestling show in conjunction with Mondo Video. And when you walk in the store, uh, it was run by the brothers Rob and Bruce Schaffner and their wives. And at first glance, uh, these four people just look like, you know, your stereotypical suburban neighbors. But then you looked around their store and saw the pornography, saw all the death metal posters, and saw things that would offend almost anybody, namely uh, the pinup of the nude uh, double amputee. Um, and then after you had a conversation with them for a few minutes, you saw that these people were out there. They didn't need piercings. They didn't need tattoos. They didn't need to play music loud. This was a store that turned me on to a lot of really strange videos. Uh, they had every kind of video from there. If you wanted white bread stuff like ABBA, the Partridge family, uh, they had that. But they also had uh, all sorts of material, uh, numerous uh, material from kooky uh, TV evangelists trying to peddle money from you. They had videos of the satanic rites of Anton Levy. They had videos and uh, recordings of uh, the punk star Gigi Allen, who loved to throw his own shit at the fans. Uh, There's Hoovy's favorite. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Maybe Hoovy is being scattered from above by Hoobie the late has, Gigi Allen. Hoobie that's a great nightmares. possibility. I think Hoobie you're onto some. And I'll never forget when Tom Burke sent me a tape from Japan of something called Handicapped Pro Wrestling. Oh. Is, that, is that the one you sent to Bob Barnett, huh? That's the one I sent to Bob Barnett. And on Bob Barnett's tape, all I wrote on it was, you're going to go to hell for watching this. And uh, for people who have never seen Handicapped Pro Wrestling, it was a seriously done tape of handicapped people in Japan uh, who uh, wanted to become pro wrestlers. A lot of them had leg braces and cerebral palsy. And, of course, I brought a copy of it to the people at Mondo Video. And it's one of the many things they rented in their store. But did they call it Handicap Pro Wrestling as it was appropriately called? No. They called it Retard Wrestling. Wait, Kurt, is it this indie wrestling? Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean, right? (laughs) Exactly. You You got me on that one big time. Big time. You keep going. This store had everything you could imagine. This store had all the old drug scare uh, videos. They had all sorts of underground videos from performance artists. They had a little bit of everything. And the characters that showed up in this store were something to behold, too. I would hang out there just to... just to uh, converse with the strange characters who hung out there. The people who stick out most are uh, the guy who hung out and liked to uh, check out all the queer videos. And he loved to just contemplate, I wonder if the guys who played Peter and Greg in the Brady Bunch really got it on with each other in real life. I bet they did. I just bet they did. Then there was the African-American woman who would special order white supremacy literature from Mondo Video. And when I asked her about it, she said, I read this because we have to know what these motherfuckers are up to, and the people at this store are the only people who will special order it for me. (laughs) (laughs) And what the people in Mondo Video love to do is they love to fuck with you. They love to push your buttons. And I found that out one day when I was proudly talking about my uh, godsons, 
who at the time were 10 and 7 years old. And I wasn't two sentences into talking how cool they were when uh, one of the brothers, Bruce, who had these dark brooding eyes that were contrasted by this mischievous smile, and even though he was an average-sized guy, he had this deep, grisly voice that made him sound like he was this big, bear-like creature. But he started saying, We absolutely hate kids. God, I'm so glad nobody brings kids into the store. They're disgusting. <laughs> and I'm trying to stay a little diplomatic here. And Then one of the wives go on saying, Yeah, man, I hate when we throw a party and some asshole brings their kid. I say, Bring your snot-faced kid home. We don't want to see them. And they just went on, and I think they said something like, yeah, I hope you don't bring those little brats over anytime soon, Vandal. That's another thing I loved about them. They referred to me as Vandal all the time. So did you take them? Uh, well, I was starting to get pissed off. I would have taken them. I, I was, I guess they saw that my face was starting to turn red, because just as I was getting really angry, uh-huh. the brother Bruce breaks out in this big smile and says, eh, we got you good, didn't we, Vandal? You thought we were serious. <laughs> and they said, hang around a little longer. You'll know when we're fucking with you. <laughs> and I hung around that place all the time because these guys cracked us up. And when I started realizing and started learning how much they love to fuck with people, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, Reverend Ripper and I were in the store on the day of that famous Burbank Bank of America shootout with the cops. Yeah. Where the two robbers had that big AK-47 shootout with the police. Did you see the documentary on that? That I haven't seen the documentary yet, but believe it or not, we were in the store as they were airing that live. Oh, yeah? And it was at the point of the shootout where uh, one of the bank robbers was lying dead uh, on the uh, pavement. And there was some crazy person in the store, you know, pointing at the TV screen saying, this is an, another incident of police abuse. And he's looking at me and saying, they just shot him in cold blood. And stupid me, I was kind of talking seriously with him saying, wait, wait a minute. No, the guy was shooting at the police like with, you know, an automatic gun. Yeah, he had armor. He had like armor on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm telling the guy, they, how can you say that? And he looks at me and says, the police say they were shooting at him. And I looked over time. at Bruce, and I see that little glint in his eye. And as the guy is going rambling along, Bruce yells at the guy and says, hey, hey, did you hear what they just said on TV? And the guy turns and says, what? Oh, they just said on TV, as that man lay dying, before they gave him medical help, they did a full anal cavity search on the man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they probably would have done that, considering all the damage they did. And the funny part is that guy believed him. And this was a typical hijinks you would see in Mondo video all the time. Um, and I hung around the store a lot between, I would say, 1995 to 1999. And then I had to go and get a full-time job, like you know, most wrestlers, wrestling fans, eventually have to do someday. And... Um, you know, I had a lot less time to go visit the folks at Mondo Video. And then one day, about two months ago, I was driving around L.A. and looking at all the old shopping haunts that I used to frequent, you know, uh, Eddie Brandt's Saturday Matinee DVD store, uh, what few uh, used record stores still exist in this age of the Internet. And I decided to drive uh, over to Mondo Video and see how they were doing. And I was heartbroken to find the store was closed and looked like it had been closed for quite some time. And so what I did is I did what anybody in this age would do, and I jumped onto the computer when I got home, got on Google, and started doing searches of the brothers' names. And uh, lo and behold, Rob Schaefner has a MySpace page, uh, a Mondo Video Agogo MySpace page, and I emailed him, we reconnected, and uh, you know, he said, yeah, we closed the store in October of 2007, uh, but we're hoping to get something going again. We, I think we might have something up our sleeve. And I was jazzed to get back in touch with uh, the Schaffner brothers. 
And then about five days later, as a matter of fact, it was on the same day John Tolis passed away, there's a message on the MySpace page of Rob Schaffner, and uh, it said my brother has died. Wow. Um, Bruce Schaffner, he was 41 years old, do not know the cause of death, uh, but not only will I miss Mondo Video a go-go, but I'll miss Bruce Schaffner very much. That guy, you know, that guy had a wild sense of humor, as does his brother Rob, and I hope he's up there having a blast, uh, you know, roaming heaven with uh, their departed dog, Ilsa, and, you know, in Andy Kaufman style, I hope, I would love it if this was another one of their hijinks, if someday I would walk into Mondo Video a go-go when it reopened and see Bruce behind the counter looking at me with those dark, brooding eyes again, going, <laughs> Vandal, we fooled you again, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> so that, my friends, is my tribute to Mondo Video a go-go. Apologies for straying from the pro wrestling uh, track, but being that we're in Southern California, I wanted to give that great shop, a great send-off, and I hope someday Rob Schaffner and company uh, spring up again in Southern California because uh, they are very missed by SoCal pop culture. And you notice I call it SoCal proudly. I know that's yeah. very uncool to do these days, but SoCal. I think it's okay to call us SoCal, but don't, men, don't call um, North, what is it, Northern California NorCal. <laughs> that's true. I think they hate it, don't they? It's much better than calling it no-cal. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've never heard... I've, I figure... I've never heard them refer to themselves as that. So. No, they haven't. I think SoCal... Well, when you think of a SoCal, it has a very laid-back surfer dude feeling, which I think is more of a Southern California phenomenon than an overall phenomenon in, you know, all through California. Yeah. Here I am butchering my words. I mean, I know up in Santa Cruz, surfing is very big, but... I think when you think surf culture, you're thinking sun. You're thinking Southern California. You're thinking think all the beach towns like Huntington, Seal Beach, Newport Beach, Laguna Beach. I think it's the 45 minutes that we've been talking about it. I think we're worn out already. <laughs> oh, my God. So those of you who are still listening to us, who have the good grace to continue listening to us, you have heard us blow up. We've blown up just by doing a podcast. You know what it is, though. They're probably not even listening to us right now. They're probably waiting for the for the show to download it. <laughs> and they can just stop. They can just stop. We should just do a little. You can now stop listening to us, and we will continue. This that. is true. And I will for- forgive anybody for fast-forwarding through most of this, except for Dan Farron. Dan Farron probably just watched TNA right now, so. He's probably burned out. <laughs> oh, dear. If he heard you say that, Alfredo, I think he might put his street fighting clothes start, on. He'll start yelling at us about what, the fact we have to watch everything, right? <laughs> he was, remember, Superboy told us when he asked us, asked us if we watched WWE? And we yes, both, I do. We both said we didn't. And he's like, no, you have to watch it all the time, even if it's... And we're like, why? It sucks. And he's like, no, but you have to watch it. And I'm like, and, and I kept telling him, no, there's no point in watching it. We were done. You know, yeah, all it does is uh, stag- stagnate the imagination. Well, you know, WWE, I can still watch some of the stuff, but I mean, TNA, I just never got into. I just never got into. I tried twice watching TNA in the last year, and I got to say, a purple heart goes to all you people who hate TNA but brave it out. Feeling you're obliged to watch it week after week, I don't know what drives you, whether you have some sort of duty, as would Brian Alvarez, um, Dave Meltzer, Wade Keller, people who have to watch it, have to report on it. But that's one of the beautiful things of doing a podcast like this, is you know we what? promise you nothing. But you know what I, what, what I find funny is like, what I feel bad for when I hear Brian or Dave talk about it, it's like they have to force themselves to watch it. Like, I'm going to watch it later this weekend. Like, <laughs> but, but, I, I remember a day, like 20 years ago, when I thought, boy, I bet it's fun to be Dave Meltzer and make your career writing about pro wrestling. But then I thought about it and I said, wait a minute, 
you have to watch every taping of WWF superstars. You have to watch every Ultimate Warrior match, whether you like it or not. And that's, like I said, the beauty. On this podcast, (laughs) we... Pod crap, you, well, that's... I think you just called it... There's wrestle crap, it. we're pod crap. Yeah, there you go, pod crap. We'll just well, what we promise you on this podcast, we promise you something every week on this podcast. What it is, we will not tell. We hope there will be an audience. We hope some of you will listen. But we promise you nothing in particular. If CMLL a- keeps going the way it is, yes. We promise you, Negro Casas, Felino, Mr. Niebla. And once again, what a bitching entrance that is. There you go. You know, but you, won't, you don't even watch Triple Acre. I mean, let's be honest. I don't. <laughs> and I do not promise that I will. I cease from promising these things. But let's just run down the, the shows that you don't plan on watching this week. Raw? Will you be watching Raw on Monday? No, I will not be watching Raw. Will you be watching SmackDown? Probably not. When is SmackDown on Friday? Friday nights. Yeah, will you be watching that? If I'm folding laundry and it happens to be on, then I will watch it. Or what if they're showing a replay of Man vs. Food? Oh, I've never seen an episode oh, of that. that. That's pretty good. And how about, okay. uh, how about something on food? On what is that? On this? What is that? Travel Channel? Travel Channel. The what Travel Channel. Yeah, with Zimmer and Andrew Zimmer, you know, Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmer. And oh, I yeah, I think Netflix. I've seen an episode of that with Elena a long time ago. I would you think that's that? what I was watching anyways. You would watch that over SmackDown, right? Yes, I would. <laughs> a guy, uh, a, a chubby, bald guy eating um, bugs, you would rather watch than SmackDown. It's a hell of a high spot. There you go. Name another wrestling show. Okay, um, you don't have Dish Network, so we can skip NWA Wrestling Showcase. You I still have yet to see an episode, though I'm curious. You don't have HDNet or HDTV or whatever. I had HDNet. I ordered HDNet, and they took it away from me three weeks later and replaced it with another channel that shows not much of anything. So you don't plan on watching Ring of Honor? No, I do not. I watched one episode. It was interesting. And I do want to say, first off, yes, the wrestlers are excellent wrestlers, but the show didn't give me wood. So, uh, I don't know how else to put it. So you, won't be, you obviously didn't watch TNA Impact today. so. No, I didn't watch T, uh, TNA Impact today. And you don't plan on watching it Thursday, right? Next no, Thursday. I do not. Okay, so you're not gonna wa- I know you're not going to watch ECW. And why am I not going to watch ECW? Why, Kurt? Why, why aren't you going to watch ECW? Because they do not feature the zombie on it anymore. They only used their greatest character, the zombie, on one episode, and they jobbed him to the Sandman. Zombies do not get jobbed by a kendo stick. Zombies do not moan into a microphone. Zombies slowly sloth their way towards their prey, grab onto them, sink their teeth into their shoulder, tear their tendons out, as they let out a blood-curdling scream, zombies tear the entrails out of their foes. You and know You know what, though, now? Now that you're... i got to cut you off now. Yes, you go know, for it. You know, now, the good thing is we can watch everything on YouTube. It, this is true. I mean, everything's split into ten minutes, so if you can't finish something, you could just watch ten minutes to go do something else, come back and finish watching it. YouTube is Fantasyland. You yeah, can find so many different things on Fantasyland. Speaking of zombies, I want, I'm so happy because in the mail today, I just got the film Evil, a Greek zombie film. Was this from Netflix or did you order it? Netflix, yes. This is a film about a bunch of zombies that invade Athens. Oh. This is so cool. I found out about this through one of the greatest podcasts I have ever heard in my life, Mail order zombie. And to the zero or ten people who are listening to this podcast, check out mailorderzombie.com. They have one of the greatest podcasts that cover nothing but zombie movies and zombie literature with Brother D and his beautiful wife, Miss Bren, who has a sexy voice, by the way. You uh, can learn everything zombie. In fact, I should write them and ask if they know of the ECW zombie. Now, Ring of Honor, 
I would I would go out of my way to get you know bootleg DVDs of it if I knew they were using a Walking Dead, a zombie. Oh, so, so, you, just, you see, you just brought that up. You wouldn't pay to watch their shows. You basically you're what you're 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 basically saying you would you would watch Ring of Honor. But you wouldn't pay to watch it. Right? Ah, good point. I think I misstated what I was going to say. I what I meant is, if they use a zombie, I would do anything possible, use any means. If I could not get it on HDNet, I would try to get a dish and see if there's any way I could get it through that. But if I need, yes, I would steal. I would cheat. I would get it through illicit means like bootleg DVDs. So basically, you're not going to watch any wrestling this week because I just ran down. I just ran through every show, and you're not going to watch wrestling. What are you going to bring to the table next week, or whenever we do another podcast? Um, can you get me some CMLL DVDs? Yeah, I can. Oh, you rock. Then I will watch those. Okay, I will DVR AAA. Okay, and you might watch it. I might watch it. Okay, you might watch it. You know, uh, did, you, did you know that they're, the way the show aired in Mexico, it doesn't really matter over here because, you know, it's already uh, already behind but in, in Mexico, I think the Cien Cara's debut is right after the was right after the pay per view, or during the pay per view or something. Was he, it really? Yeah, because he was the he was the the special referee for the cage match. I didn't know that. That's kind of weird. It? That's kind of isn't that like supposedly planned, like ahead of time. I would think that's something you would want to publicize. Yeah, I mean, that just seems weird. <laughs> I thought I would bring that up. So you're basically not, so you might watch AAA. I might watch AAA. Yes. I might actually watch Raw. But you know the bad thing? Every time I tune into Raw, there's women wrestling on there. Like for some reason. And they all look the same. I always pick the wrong time to start watching um, Raw. We have no current Bull Nakano. Awesome Kong is the closest thing, but Awesome Kong is no Bull Nakano. I'll probably watch SmackDown though. If I you watch SmackDown, I'll try to watch it. And if. I watch all these things and nothing really yanks my chain. Then next week, I will talk about Evil, the zombie movie I am about to watch through Netflix. There you go. So, so, so I was correct in picking our um, our category as entertainment. Yes, you are absolutely correct because we haven't. We, we probably will. We'll probably split half the time discussing other stuff besides wrestling. I exactly because Alfredo. If I recall, uh, I met you through your lovely sister, Judy, in 2001. Yeah, and she refused to be on the show, too. I asked her. Oh, Judy. Yep. Okay, we're going to have to shame her into being on. But she's a wrestling fan, so... She, she well, then we really have to uh, shame her into being on. But we're, since we're that time, honest, uh, every time you and I get together, we cannot stop talking. And I'd say half that talk is wrestling, half that talk is some other version of media, some other version of uh, pop culture, re- whether it be futuristic, neo, or retro. You and I just can't stop talking. We just want to discuss the adult-oriented stuff, right? <laughs> uh, well, we could refrain from that, or we could uh, start a whole another show. And uh, what do you, what do people expect? We live in SoCal. I mean, we run into this that crowd too. I mean, this is true. This is true. There are so many different uh, avenues that this show can take, and I think we'll take it week by week. I know we uh, pretty much winged it tonight. We got one minute left. Oh, no. One minute left. Then, please tune in next week. <laughs> and for all everybody out there, if you're walking through Southern California, remember. If you see a light shooting across the sky, it is not a shooting star. It is a heavenly handful of Moncel's powder. You know, I Until just, next yeah. week, ladies and gentlemen. I just got the British lady saying 90 seconds. How many seconds? 90 seconds. Okay. You got more time. You got 89, more time. 88, 87. <laughs> no, you better, you better close out the show now. Okay. Then I will tell everybody once again, I'll say it slowly so I can, I can just kind of let the time run out. Remember, if you are walking anywhere in Southern California and you see a bright light shooting across the sky, it is not a shooting star. It is a heavenly handful of Monsell's powder. How many seconds do we have left? 35 We'll, we'll we'll get the timing on this thing down pretty yeah, soon. We got, we got a, what's going to be our closing? You know, we got to come up with a better closing. We can't. Oh no, that's one of the best closings you could ever come up I, with. I think we should just close it, like continuing to talk through the whole thing, 
That's and true. I, we could do that. Just talk this. until the time runs out, until the yeah. British lady tells us that we're done. You know, I forgot to Ooh, up. that's arousing, a British lady telling us we're done. Did you, hear, did you hear about the pet monkey controversy in Dragon Gate? In Dragon King? I have heard nothing about Dragon this. Gate. Dragon Gate. How many North. seconds do we have left to talk Two about seconds. it? It's, we're out of time. <laughs> oh, wait, we're streaming. We're still on. Oh, my Lord. So they'd let us go on forever, huh? Yeah, how did the show stop? How well, stop these block talk radio shows. I guess we'll just have to hang up on our audience. And we'll call each other back on our landlines. Oh, there you go. Talk to you in a little bit, Fredo. Okay, see you later. Take care, folks. Talk to everybody next week. Bye.